Mic check. Mic check. How many people do we meet in our lifetime? 3,000? 10,000? After calculating things like the age in which you start to remember, the amount of childbirth and generations you see, and the amount of people your business will impact, a woman by the name of Anna Vital came to the conclusion in one of her blog posts that it's 80,000 people. I want to provide a couple of smiles to my 80,000 people today. Thank you everyone for tuning into this podcast. I am your host, Trayvon, and you're listening to The Session. I actually want to take this episode into a little bit of a different direction from the normal route that I go. I want to tell you guys a short story about this random guy I met a couple of years ago. It was about four or five years ago. It's actually cool that I can talk about it so many years later. Uh, that's just that's just how much of an impact this situation had on my life. So it was during my internship at the Better Business Bureau in downtown Cincinnati, my sophomore year of college, but I was home for the summer. This is when my reading habits started to increase, and I was reading nearly a book every month. And I'd say, coming from someone who didn't do the one summer reading book in high school, I'm doing all right. (laughs) This was a year before I got my first car, which felt really wrong because I already had a big boy job. (laughs) But because of this, I had to take the Cincinnati Metro to and from work every day while my mom picked me up off the bus. Let me tell you, that really took me back to my roots. Talking about my day every day, not being able to drive my own car. But when I saw that McDonald's cheeseburger waiting for me in the passenger seat, you better believe I was having a good day. (laughs) It was a work day. I had just gotten off work and was sitting on the bench waiting for the bus. I remember it being a long day and being extremely exhausted. It felt good. It felt good to just sit down, close my eyes, and let the sun's rays hit me. I was sitting there in my suit and tie, just listening to the sounds of the cars and people walking by. All of a sudden, I hear some commotion going on at the adjacent corner. I opened my eyes to take a look at what was going on, and I saw a crowd of people just staring at a homeless man. He had this blue blanket and a sign made of cardboard. He just sat there, looking confused and angry. It was super bright, so I covered the glare from the sun with my hand to get a better view, and he looked like he was bleeding. I peeked to the right just a little to see this angry man being held back by a group of women. His fist was clutched, and it had blood on it. He shouted over top of mumbles from people that were passing by, and I hear this man say, you're a rat. Go back to the sewer, rat. And, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing, let alone hearing. I was new to downtown life, so I'd, I'd never seen something like that before. The most I'd seen in person prior to that was probably in high school when, when two girls just fought in the lunchroom. 
I sat there, hesitantly, waiting for someone to help the guy get to his feet or at least stop staring at him. But everybody looked so shocked and couldn't take their eyes off this helpless man. But before I could move, a gentleman actually walked up to the homeless man and helped him off the ground. I thought, finally, someone who cares about other people than himself. I heard a woman praise the man, telling him he's a good dude and that good things are coming for him. You get what you give, I heard her say. And I just saw him nod, not a word from him. After everyone else just kind of stared at this hero, so to speak, he began walking again, this time in my direction. He stopped at my bus stop, but I couldn't recall ever seeing him before. Actually, I can't remember his face at all. But I do remember him being on the phone. He was so loud. He might have been talking with a family member because he was talking about how he needed to drop off some money to mom so that she could take a trip or something like that. I thought to myself, wow, this, this really is a good dude. Not that I was... Not that I was eavesdropping or anything, but the conversation did go on a little bit longer, and I heard him say to the relative on the phone that if they needed anyone to talk to, they could always go to him. At this point, I'm just trying to relax and wait for the bus, but he's just so loud. I can't really focus. I think he just had a bunch of confidence. You know, his suit looked very professional. He came off as a businessman to me. In the corner of my eye, I saw... I saw a woman running up to my bus stop. She was really out of breath, but she took a deep sigh of relief when she started looking in my direction. However, the closer she got, the quicker I noticed that she wasn't actually looking at me, <laughs> but looking for that man. He forgot his notepad. And with a big smile on her face, she gave it to him. And at the same time, exclaimed something along the lines of, your dreams would get cut short if you didn't have this. I knew this guy was a good boss because he said, my dreams would get cut short if I didn't have you. And if that wasn't the cheesiest thing I'd heard all day. <laughs> but she laughed. They walked away. He went to put the notepad in his bag and I guess just lost control because a couple of books fell out. I leaned forward to help pick up the books. I remember... One of them was A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And the other one was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Both great books in my opinion. And I figured I'd try to get his opinion on them. But when I tapped him on the shoulder to hand him the books, as he was turning around, I woke up. There I was, sitting on the bench in my suit and tie with the sun hitting my face. I just sat there. And as I sat there, I realized that the man that I had just envisioned was me. It was who I wanted to be in my lifetime. A guy that pays it forward and realizes that you get what you give. A helpful and supportive brother and son who is there for his family members in any situation. A businessman who is creative and can influence others through great leadership and positivity. And a religious man who has principles and a foundation. 
Now, that story wasn't 100% the truth, but I wanted to paint a better picture for you for the topic of today's episode. And all of these things are who I want to be and are part of my mission statement. You know, I read that what separates us from animals, such as dogs or a cat, is self-awareness. The ability to look down on myself and reflect. The definition of a mission statement is an official document that sets out the goals, purpose, and work of an organization or personal goals for the future. I think people should have a mission statement for themselves before they have a mission statement for their companies because it helps you figure out who you are. If you create a mission statement the right way, it allows you to take a step back, clear your mind, and examine where you're currently at to where you want to be. A mission statement is more than just goals. It's a set of principles and values. The idea behind a mission statement is to start your journey with a developed path, making it easier to hold yourself accountable and keep track. One of the people that I find influencing when it comes to the topics of mission statements and defining why you do what you do is Simon Sinek. I've watched numerous videos on YouTube and TED Talks along with reading some of his writings. And I feel like he breaks it down so well that anyone can make sense of it. He sits down with Ken Coleman with the Entre Leadership podcast a couple of years ago and talks about how even the United States is a venture with a mission statement. All men are created equal and so on and so forth. We won't actually achieve all people being equal, but the point is that we will get there by whatever means necessary. There's a vision behind it. He states that it's the same for a company, which is true vision inside a company is something that has nothing to do with your product. It is an ideal to which you will attempt to build and advance that ideal through your company with your product. You'll never achieve the ideal, but you'll die trying. And this is what gives our work meaning, which is an incredible philosophy when creating the reason why you're here. If you want to read more into what he has to say on the topic, I would strongly recommend the book Starts With Why by him. I've only read bits and pieces myself. So one of the things that I need to do during this quarantine is buy and read that full book. However, I've seen incredible ratings, including by some of my friends. But even if you know why you're making a mission statement, it's hard to come up with what to put in it. I did a little bit of research into other companies' mission statements in order to find some key words that are used more often. General Electric, also known as GE, is one of the older companies that I know of, so I went ahead and looked up their mission statement. Some words that they use are build, power, and cure the world. I also took a look at Berkshire Hathaway, the company founded by Warren Buffett, because They're in an industry that could be centered around greed and power. A phrase that stood out to me is continuous improvement. Verizon has a slogan, better matters. Because if you're the best, there's a notion that there isn't really room for growth. Their reason why is to always enhance the life of the consumer. The author of the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey, is one of my main sources of information on developing a mission statement. And the second habit has a lot of good stuff on the topic. 
In a video from Saren Media, he doesn't discuss the words that it takes to make a good mission statement, but more so the idea and the concept behind what it should be composed of. He starts by asking the question, where do we get our sense of what our life is about? Is it not from social mirrors, parents, siblings, teachers, leaders, the media, heroes, models? Isn't that possibly the case of a mistaken identity? Think about it. Ask yourself, where do I get my knowledge of myself? And if you really think about those questions, it gets you going in the right direction on creating one. He goes on to talk about how everything is created twice. First in our minds, and then into fruition. He says that, The first creation is an intellectual creation. The first creation is of the mind and of the spirit. The second creation is a physical creation. This building that we're in now was created in every detail before the earth was touched. If that was not the case, the price of the building doubled. Because of the lack of preparation and guidelines. That's exactly what a mission statement is, a guideline. What makes a good mission statement is getting out of this misconstrued idea of ourselves that was developed by teachers, parents, siblings, and really being able to tell who we are. If you want to read more into what Dr. Covey talks about, grab the book and read it. I think everyone should own this book anyway. It goes into a lot more detail about what a mission statement is composed of, and it also contains an in-depth description of who should actually have a mission statement. The aforementioned Ken Coleman hosts the Entre Leadership podcast, and he is a big fan of them. Being a strong derivative and partner with Dave Ramsey, Ken is brilliant when it comes to knowing about leadership. He actually has a podcast episode that is dedicated specifically to mission statements. I'll go ahead and throw that link into the description. Take a listen to that. Every person that talks about a statement says everyone should have one. Whether you're 15 and want to be remembered as a funny and happy person, or 65 and want to leave your mark of generosity and passion. They should occasionally be updated because life events happen, such as kids or a switch in jobs. The more you succeed with your goals, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the more you succeed in fulfilling your mission statement. And depending on how many people you meet in your life, you'll have more roles to create for yourself and more people to include into the development of your mission statement. For example, as a dad, include your kids into your mission statement. As a business owner, include your employees into yours. Start by reading the second habit of highly effective people. That's the foundational mindset you should have when creating one. Then I would recommend reading more into it. Read starts with why and reflect. Then I would recommend sitting and jotting down your roles in your life. Taking into account what you've learned, write down what you want those people in your life to say about you. 
Dr. Covey starts every habit with a quote. And the one that I want to leave with you today is what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. Said by Oliver Wendell Holmes. And like what Simon said earlier in this episode, there isn't really a place where your mission statement should end. It's your vision. It's your values. It's your principles. Those should never end. I want to hear some of your mission statements when you're finished with them. Send me some excerpts from from them to my email, podcast.in.session at gmail.com or reply to my tweet on Twitter at the underscore session underscore pod, the session pod. I, I don't mind helping you create one either. So reach out. Thank you everyone for tuning into this podcast. In my opinion, you're one step closer to becoming a great leader, whether it's for your family, your friends, or your colleagues. I'm ending this podcast with what is considered the greatest speech of all time. I found it on YouTube as I was scrolling through the abyss. <laughs> the amount of passion in this clip is what I hope to fuel my mission with. Charlie Chaplin, the silent comedian, spoke and everyone listened. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women and children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate, only the unloved hate, the unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, 
Don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! <laughs>